All right, in our third and final segment, I want to air uh, what we promised at the top of the hour, which was uh, 10 minutes I recorded back in 2004 with my neighbor John Lissack. Mr. Merlin and I intend to complete this interview by asking John a few more questions over the weekend. But I did sit down with him 11 years ago to talk about his participation in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Joining us now is an old friend, John Lissack. John, how old are you these days? Uh, I'll be 90 in August. My gosh, <laughs> I'm shocked. You, you look much younger. I'm lucky I have good health and I'm still active. Well, let's talk about activity and, and some activity that I think will be interest to our, our audience in your youth. John, at age 21, you found yourself in a rather unique position uh, as, a, as, a, as a candidate for the Olympics. That's true. I, I qualified for the 1936 Olympics as a paddler, as a competitor. I didn't, uh, didn't make the grade, though. I had a good try. Now, what kind of paddling was this? Canoes. and uh, the Atlantic Division in the American Canoe Association, they have a standard, what they call a peanut. It's a miniature canoe. It's a, a minimum weight of uh, 45 pounds and it's a double blade or single blade, tandem or single paddlers. They have a four-boat for crew uh, activity, but uh, the, the standard racing peanut is for one or two men. Is this still a sport in the Olympics? Because I know over the years some have come and have gone, but this one still is. Yes, they have uh, added uh, kayaking, and they have a class called the Canadian Canoe, which is a wooden standard-type canoe, like our rag boats, uh, and uh, in 1948, my brother went with a partner and got a gold and a silver in London. Well, now, when you say you didn't make the grade, you're having to hold yourself to quite a standard of someone making the gold and the silver, but you were able to compete in the Olympics, and that itself is quite a triumph. Oh, oh yeah, uh, but uh, at 21, you know, uh, you're not schooled in all the good things in life yet <laughs> and and uh, so it, it was just a, a a thing to try for and we made it yeah. you were disappointed not being an, an olympic medalist but but it, what a story you have to tell about going to what is the famous berlin olympics in 1936 yes they, this is the first uh, time that the canoeing was in the olympics they had a, a demonstration program in in uh, 33 in uh, Los Angeles, uh -huh. but this was the first qualified uh, Olympic uh, uh, canoe racing. Uh, just happened that uh, I was in a position to fall into the competition. We we didn't race in our American boats. We raced in German, uh, what they call the folding kayak. So you weren't able to take your actual canoe over to to Europe with you? No, we had to take their boats. We we were stuck with their boats. Uh, we brought a demonstration four-boat. That's changed a lot these days. You'd never be, but you, you would take your own equipment these days. Well, uh, the things uh, they set a standard, and and you, my brother constructed his own boat in the '48 Olympics, and uh, it it was made to specifications, and uh, uh, it's amazing that he would uh, not only make the boat and choose the right partner, but win a gold and a silver in uh, 1,000 and 10,000 meters passed away uh, two years ago this August. He's he two years 
older than I am. It was uh, one week short of 90. Wow. And that's pretty good. <laughs> it is indeed. Well, John, the, th the 36 Olympics is very famous because of the fact that Hitler was using it as a showcase for his so-called Third Reich, and he was very disappointed that a lot of Americans, particularly black Americans like Jesse Owens, showed up some of his uh, Aryan stars. Yeah, I happened to be in the stands uh, when uh, Jesse made his stand at the flag, and and uh, I met him on board the boat. They they left the Olympics and went to England for another meet, and I met and talked to him and his partner. I think it was Metcalf or something like that. Ralph Metcalf, maybe. Uh, it could be, but they were they were very interesting people to meet as a young kid. You know, yeah. he, these are gold winners, and and here I am, a youngster, and. Uh, I, I celebrated my 22nd birthday on board the boat coming home. That's that's pretty exciting stuff. Now, you, how did you do? You didn't? You, did you finish in the top 20, or did you remember? There was 14 in, uh, contestants, and this is a, a six-mile tandem race. Two men in a boat with two blades, and uh, we came in seventh. We're in the middle, 14. Well, being seventh best in the world in anything ain't too shabby. Uh, well, it, it was a... A great thing for us, because my partner was maybe a year older than I was, so we were young and enthusiastic and, and full of energy and enjoyed the heck out of it, you know. The 36 Olympics was, of course, very politicized. Uh, you, did you have a chance to actually see Hitler in the stands? Uh, yes, he was there the day I was there. Uh, we, we finished our event, and we went to watch some of the, the other events in the stadium, and he was there, and everybody saluted. It, one of the things that, when, when I got home, they asked me to talk about it, and one of the things that I, I remembered was everybody wore a uniform, from the schoolboys, the Boy Scouts, up to the cops, the, the working man. They had a separate uniform, and, and it, it was organized, everything. The streets were loaded with microphones. When he made an announcement, you couldn't miss it. Wow. You know, the train station and everything, it, it was really regimented. Yeah. As an American, did you really kind of feel hemmed in by the whole uh, the whole Nazi hierarchy, the whole Nazi system? Uh, strangely enough, uh, the people kind of admired you. They come to get your autograph. They they looked up to you. It uh, it was something different. Just being an Olympic competitor, you made you quite a hero to, the, to all the German people. Yeah, they 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 seemed to think you were pretty good to you know to get there, and they looked they didn't look down. There were no arguments or. They were, they were very friendly, nice nice attitude they had, yeah. So, of course, the world was at war three years later. Did you have any sense of, like, uh, foreboding in the 36 Olympics? A lot of people make a big deal about, you know, about that Olympics and the fact that um, the Nazis were trying to use it as a propaganda tool. Uh, everything, because everybody had a uniform and they were regimented, you felt that th this thing was going to go on, you know, and, and lead to something bad. You had that feeling. I think most people... Uh, that were there at that time uh, could see this was uh, just too uh, controlled. It, 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 it wasn't, uh, the, the people were friendly. My partner had a German friend that was called back home, and he was in the uniform. He came, he snuck over to see us. He was in a working man's uniform, and he told us about how bad the things were. Uh, it was just too, too regimented. John, how did you get along with your fellow German athletes that were competing in the Olympics? Uh, they were very friendly, very competitive, and they, and they gave us a demonstration of, uh, of the boat we were going to race in. And they got out 
behind the speedboat, and they would race in the waves behind the speedboat and turn over and flip-flop and everything, but they'd get going as fast. At one time, they'd be going as fast as the speedboat. And it was a very good demonstration. They, uh, it was a, a striking thing and a very friendly, uh, competitive attitude uh, with the whole thing. We, we uh, stayed in a, in a school for uh, equestrians, and, and the whole attitude there was uh, very good. Well, I guess it was the spirit of the Olympics, what it's supposed to be about, bringing people from all over the world to compete in a, in a sort of a friendly competition. And, uh, very true. As a youngster, you're, you're learning a lot. You're seeing a lot. And uh, uh, you remember, even at this age, I can remember some very striking things that happened about canoeing. A bunch of boys got out their bicycles and assembled a kayak and got in, folded up the bicycles and took off. <laughs> Germany is full of canals and rivers, and, and there's a lot of water, and, and boating there is, uh, it would be like the French found the, Amer the North American continent in the early, they explored by boat. Waterways everywhere. Yeah, that, that makes movement easier for everybody. Well, John, thanks for talking to us. Uh, I'd like to have you come back and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some stories about this and other things, because I'm sure you've got quite a few. Uh, yeah, well, you know, now I have time to remember, and, and things come back. I can sing songs now <laughs> that I, I learned as a child, and I haven't sung for 30 years. <laughs> well, give, give, some, give a thought to some stories, and we'll come back and gather them for the radio. Oh, very good. I'll give it some thought. All right, John. Thanks again. All right, don't worry. We're going to have more from John in the weeks to come. But that about does it for today's program. Happy Thanksgiving. I would note that this show, as all shows, has been produced by Edward McMillan and that you have been listening to Radio Parallax. Tune in next week to hear the continuation of the best of Radio Parallax with your host, Graham Smith. Oh, yeah, I'm Douglas Everett. Happy holidays. Oh, dear.